You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 57 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Nuno Arias Silva. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat, and I am speaking with fellow Office Apps and Services MVP, Nuno, and good evening to you, sir. Okay, good evening, and to you, good morning. <laughs> morning? No, no, it's after lunch. It's, it's, okay, it's after lunch. Lunch. I'm okay, yeah. Okay. I've been awake for at least three hours. Okay, fine. <laughs> so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about yourself, where you're based, what you do, and uh, and what you talk about as an MVP. Okay, uh, my name is Nuno Aria Silva. I'm from Portugal, Lisbon. Uh, I'm office apps and services uh, now six years. Uh, also uh, two years Windows Insider MVP. Oh, excellent. I, I forgot about that. So yeah. I, that's, congrats on that. Uh, also I am MCD. I work in uh, IT based on Microsoft inf infrastructures last uh, 20 years and more. My first certification was 1999. I'm only 43 years old. And uh, now I had more than 40 certifications within Microsoft. Okay, oh, congrats uh, on that. So, is what, so for that long, so what were you working on uh, you know, back in the beginning, Were you like desktop support type stuff or? Uh, also, I have started uh, my uh, projects. Also, have worked always in projects uh, in Novel and Lantastic also. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. And uh, in the Microsoft area with the Windows uh, NT 3.5 one. Yep. And my first certification was Windows NT4. Uh, I started over there, uh, not just the beginning, because when I was teenager, I, I took some courses about IT, and uh, all my, my life was based on uh, part of infrastructures and network, and uh, I have decided um, to use Microsoft products and uh, to work with Microsoft products and every time I have um, worked in the projects and the companies I have worked I always had space to uh, evaluate more products and uh, based on that. Uh, that's why, for example, within, for example, Office 365, previous BPOS, uh, if I had experience in Active Directory and Exchange and uh, OCS and uh, Content Management Server before the SharePoint, right. uh, when it started the BPOS, okay, I will uh, go to there because it will be the future, the, the new model to the organizations. And then I, I started uh, almost the big, projects in Portugal uh, within Office 365 was had my presence over there. 
uh, not one or two biggest, okay, to other companies, but I cannot have all customers. I don't have time to all customers. But uh, I realized that the cloud would be the future. That's why I, I bet in the cloud. And well, if you're, uh, you know, if you were involved, you know, that early on back when it was still, you know, BPOS. I mean, that was, so when I was joined Microsoft in 2006 and we called it, it was Microsoft Managed Services and you know, before it rebranded as BPOS, Business yeah. Productivity Online Services, for those that aren't familiar yeah. with that, which was the precursor because while it was MMS, it still wasn't generally available that was out there. We had, we were signing on Beachhead customers. Uh, of course, we had the, the the first major customer within what is now Office 365 was Energizer. A lot of people are familiar with that and the story there. Um, and then they rebranded as BPOS. And with that, you started to see marketing happening, uh, you know, uh, ex externally. And a lot of now MVPs got involved during that period. I, I took some courses, uh, previous BPOS, the beta versions. Mm -hmm. And the, the worst part of that, in each beta version, all the PowerShell comments are changing all the courses. Yeah. I remember that time. Uh, did and, you ever come out and do training on site on campus? Yeah. He, uh, not on Microsoft, but here in Portugal in a training center. Okay. They, you didn't come out to you go out to Redmond. No, uh, no. But, yeah, it, it's always interesting because that, uh, I, so that was, uh, part of my team that did the trainings. I didn't lead any of those in those early days, but because um, you also had the the Ranger program that was a bunch of folks that were on my extended team that that taught a lot of those classes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just uh, memory lane talking about the, the old sessions. So what yeah. do you? I mean, with that background, so what do you uh, typically present on? Kind of what are your topics that you're passionate about these days? Uh, now I'm uh, presenting about uh, adoption, teams, uh, security, about um, information protection, multi-factor authentication, all based on the user experience and security. Uh, because without that, you can't adopt any technology. Uh, all about identity and security to secure your information. You, you don't care whatever is the software or the, the brand if you don't take care of the base of all that. That's why I, I put my effort on that um, particular needs on customers because many customers doesn't uh, know much about security, for example, data loss prevention, the encryption of the documents, the multi-factor authentication, and also the adoption. If you don't give uh, the best tools to work and give workshops to the end users and, and change management uh, over them, you don't use the tool. Right. It's well. It's it. So I I've talked about, written about for for a long time, long before I was in the Microsoft ecosystem on the topic of governance. And mm -hmm. when I would go into in the early two thousands and go into a, a client and and talk about 
governance. And, and, you know, when you say that word, a lot of people's just kind of their eyes glaze over, they, they stop listening around that, but it's the, it's the idea of understanding what the future vision, what we're trying to get to, what the current system is over on this side and okay, what is the path to get us there? Sometimes you can automate, sometimes you can buy technology, build technology. Other times you have to manually manage those things. But a key part of that is understanding that pathway is like you said, is to really understand the security requirements, the implications of, of the, you can't just go and deploy the technology because you're excited about the features that are going to be there. You need to understand you know, those new capabilities through the lens of your, those requirements. And, and I mean, it sounds, it's, it's like a project management 101. It's, it's you know, understanding your constraints um, as you move forward, you know, dictate how fast you can move forward, you know, what new technologies that you might be excited about, but don't meet that high bar of those requirements. Yes. And you have to plan accordingly for those things. Uh, that's uh, always my goal. And uh, for example, in all my projects, I always do workshops to the IT and to the end users. And uh, now I'm uh, at GFI Portugal because I work in a GFI. Uh, now we are about almost 20,000 persons in the world. Uh, but in Portugal, I'm a leader of the offer that we have based on modern workplace. That has Office 365, uh, from SharePoint Online, from modern desktop, Windows 10, Microsoft Office 365. And we are doing a lot of uh, change management uh, projects. And also uh, we called it about workplace transformation program to the customers because they need to change. Uh, and the customers that have changed, but the people that doesn't realize how to use the tools, we are in to help them. Right. I, I was actually going to mention, I said, it sounds like you're doing the kind of the meat and potatoes of the digital transformation. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that broad term of digital transformation. I actually really like workplace transformation, but it's, uh, you know, but I think to your point is you can have this great, uh, strategy for the technology for the platforms is have a vision a clearly articulated vision of where you want things to go getting there and making sure that everybody is on board and engaged highly engaged yes. that's a different matter you can plan all you want and have a brilliantly architected plan system if you and don't have end users using it and the best experience that we do we do interviews in the customer Mm -hmm. uh, in several departments, we keep the best practice they use in each department and bring it all to a room with the responsibles to share them and to use that to the best practice to that customer. Because each customer is different, even uh, the industry. You can have uh, the same type of customer, but all are different. And the way they communicate and the way they work with the tools they use uh, always can do better and faster and use less tools, for example. 
that's why, why, for example, Microsoft Teams is changing a lot of email, but the, also the email, it's important. Uh, but we can uh, show to the customer what are the benefits of each one. And uh, for example, you know, several customers are still sending attachments in emails to just review and edit. Um, it's an old thing, but depending the, how the process is created, they need to follow those, those processes. And that it's the difficulty to change the way the process are done. Well, it's, it's, you can have the technology, but if the, the customer has the processes to send the email to someone approve and then uh, come back, you can change immediately that. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, well, so part of it, uh, and you talked about going in and doing that in initial workshops and, and I, I refer to those, uh, those initial uh, workshops as that discovery session. So we're, it, we're, you know, we're trying to, as, as the consultant in that, in that role, we're trying to understand what is the culture of collaboration? What is the culture of the workplace here? Yes. To, to understand, you know, what, what are things that, and uh, because other, other things just to remember is that sometimes it might be you and I coming in from the outside, it might look very inefficient, but once we understand the culture and the process, what they're trying to do, it, it could be the best current, you know, the current solution could be the best way of accomplishing the, those goals. And, and you can't just go in and say for the sake of, Hey, we want to put the new technology. We understand all these benefits. You also have to understand the impacts of those changes. It could be a blocker. Yeah. It, it, it could be something that, um, you know, that the, the cost of changing that, even though for those small benefits are just not, the, the costs are too great to change those things at, at this time. And so that's why, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of, I mean, I'm sure you do the same thing of going in and piloting things out, um, you know, having data around and especially being able to show against a customer's actual data and their systems and their processes versus talking about these ethereal, you know, uh, yes. stories and, and best practices from other organizations. Because to your point, even within the same industry, you know, a, a best practice for one organization is not the best practice for every organization. Now, I, I, Microsoft has really changed kind of their, their guidance. And I'm sure you heard the same thing where there's, uh, you know, I, I hear the complaints uh, from clients saying, you know, just tell me the right way to do the things that we're trying to do. And, and to try and explain it, like there is no right way. There's, there's several different ways that you could approach this. Let's figure out the one that will work the best and have the strongest level of engagement for your end users. You know, Microsoft's not in the business of coming and saying, you know, you must, here's the way that you must uh, uh, deliver attachments to be, you know, distributed or reviewed. You've got multiple ways of doing that. And yeah. If Microsoft was dictating the way that you did it, they would turn off the ability to attach attachments directly to an email. They don't do that because sometimes that might be the right way to send a file over. Like most cases, I, I'm sending things out to multiple people. I will send a link rather than an attachment. But 
occasionally I'll put an attachment in. So you don't want to remove those capabilities. Yes, and uh, for example, if you remember from Office 2007 to 2010, it was the first major uh, design change in Office. Yep. No program, programs except Outlook. You remember that because it's the main tool that companies use to communicate. It still is. Uh, well, I don't know what percentage-wise, depending on organization, but it's, uh, you know, the exchange team, Outlook, email is still the number one collaboration tool. Uh, and one of the reasons is because the email, it's a valid delivered system that can be used, for example, by law. And other technologies aren't recognized yet. Right. You remember the fax? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> It was used by law to a courtyard and, and so ever. And email is recognized. And you can have uh, Skype or Teams or whatever other tool, but uh, the lawyers doesn't accept it because it's not uh, recognized because the timestamps and so on, the whole the technology that is in background that can prove that the mail was sent and read and whatever, it's completely different. That's some companies still use the email based on that. Well, and, and, and also the fact that it is a, you know, a truly federated service or capability. Like I might be using Outlook in an exchange server. You might be using Gmail. Somebody else might, might be using another third party tool or service. And yet we can communicate collaborate via that those those methods i mean one of the you remember when the um like in the sharepoint office 365 community where those communities all moved to yammer yes. and there was a huge shift and there was a huge pu pushback by the community and there was a drop-off in participation in various other locations and it took a long time to build those things back up again and when they, again, they moved all of those communities over to Microsoft tech community, which was not built on, you know, Microsoft technology it was a partner technology, but it had the right features and would allow the anonymous access and the, uh, you know, anybody coming from anywhere. But again, it took time to build those things up. And that's, that's a problem with, you know, if you're doing internal collaboration, uh, you know, using teams, using, uh, you know, the Skype for business using Yammer, uh, something like that uh, is, is great for those internal collaborations, uh, but can be difficult then to bring if you're, you know, bringing in outside people into some of those environments. Yes, correct. And uh, maybe those technologies will change the future. <laughs> we, we are here to help and to help customers, the community, uh, who wants to help with those technologies. Exactly. Well, last question for you. Like, so what else, what, what else that's coming up are you excited about? Is there anything that's like new that is really kind of caught your attention? Uh, I think uh, some features that will be available on teams that are in the roadmap. Uh, that will be 
better to the end customers. And uh, I have seen um, the change and the, um, the needs from some customers to, for example, change the PBX to Teams. Uh, I think that the, it will be the new way uh, to cut off the old PBX systems and to the operator and so on and keep it simple because uh, all the work that Microsoft have done with the vendors, uh, with the, all vendors of hardware, uh, with phones, different phones, different Teams room systems, will be good because the customer can choose uh, the device they want, the brand, and they all communicate with Teams. And I think that will be the biggest change in companies is uh, have a way to communicate smoothly uh, with different uh, kinds of hardware in locations and within the phone and the PC and wherever. I think the change will, will be there. Uh, you know, I have to say that if, if for those that have not had the experience of working with the uh, integrated telephony solutions, um, I, I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic to have yes. that. To go seamlessly, you just have the presence awareness, to be able to, to like float over, like, your pro, like you send me an email, I float over your profile, see that you're online right there and that you're not in a meeting, you're available, double click and call you right there and have a conversation, a web meeting or a phone call, whatever that is. I mean, it's just incredibly powerful. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, I, I miss having that capability. Uh, so hopefully they'll, uh, if anybody's watching, that's part of the MVP program, that that'll be some, some part of our benefits that we'll, uh, get some of those cool free tools. <laughs> uh, well, Hey, I really appreciate this, this time uh, to, to chat. So people that want to find out more about you, get to know you, follow you. What's the best way to reach you through uh, the various social channels? You can search my name on each search engine, Nuno Aria Silva, and my Twitter handle is also Nuno Aria Silva, and uh, in LinkedIn, uh, or you just search those words, you can find it. All right. Excellent. <laughs> it's on top of the, it, on the results. Of course. <laughs> Also, for you who wants to know more about Office 365, you can you also have my book that I have edited last year. It is Office 365 Essentials. is written in 14 uh, chapters to introduce Office 365. Not go deeper, just to realize could be to CIOs. Uh, to white admins who wants to start to Office 365 and also I have a chapter there about change management. Excellent. That, I mean, that's a great resource to have because uh, I mean, I agree that, that uh, especially the experts out there want to jump to the more advanced topics and talk more in depth and then skip past assuming people understand just the basics of the overall platform. So it's great to have a resource for that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time today. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. You too. Talk right. to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.